When I think about the complexity of the human experience, I realize quickly that our own experiences are so unique. So naturally, our movement is a reflection of this. Movement is more than just exercise. It's impacted by our mental, physical, spiritual health, not to mention play, culture, sports, science, the arts, and well, basically everything in between. Welcome to the Matters of Movement podcast. I'm your host, Christina Whalen Chabot. Join me in exploring all the things that impact movement and how we can all strive to move better to feel better as I interview movement experts, researchers, and real people who have made big and inspiring changes in their lives by turning to movement and wellness. Thank you for tuning in to the Matters of Movement podcast. Today, I'm so excited to welcome our special guest, Deanna Deacon. Hi, Deanna. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I learned of Deanna through our publisher, um, and I just want to say how grateful I am to have you here today, and thank you so much. Deanna is an author, inspirational speaker, energy healer, and intuitive life coach from British Columbia, Canada. She teaches women to release their societal conditioning of externally focused drive to activate their innate magnetic essence of being a woman and create sustainable and soul-filling success, relationships, and joy. Affectionately. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's perfect though. Affectionately named a spiritual personal trainer with a modern goddess twist, Deanna ignites, inspires, and awakens women across the world with her speaking intuitive dance and passion for woman empowerment. Mm, 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 yes. <laughs> so good. So good. So I have been uh, diving into Deanna's book that she wrote called The Feminine Warrior, which has been so enlightening for me. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what inspired this book. And Ooh, yes, I would love to. Um, so Feminine Warrior is my first book, and I've known for a few years that I wanted to be an author. I, I love writing. I've always loved journaling. I really love doing my social media posts, silly little things like that. But I was able to get quite deep into my own soul when it would come to writing. And when the idea of Feminine Warrior came to me, this idea of creating a journey for a woman to travel back home to the power that she has within her by releasing all that external pressure. It, it felt like it became something bigger than me. And there was no more Deanna in it. It was simply just create the book and the book needed to be created for the women who are ready to read it and to transform the way they speak to themselves and the way that they live their life from a place of of love and compassion and connection and joy, as opposed to the way we've been living for decades of just pressure and pushing and forcing and never feeling fully satisfied or happy. Right. It's such a good read. I, one of the biggest things that came out for me was about the feminine and masculine energy. So for our listeners who are unfamiliar with this concept, can you describe what feminine and masculine energies are and how they manifest in our daily lives? I would absolutely love to. Um, so first of all, every living being has both masculine and feminine energy. It is not, it doesn't have to do with gender. It just happens to be masculine, feminine energy. And it's what creates polarity in the earth or what's, what's create, what creates, um, the friction and the creation aspect of all parts of the earth, including us human beings. 
So we have both masculine and feminine energy. Masculine shows up in our life in a way of uh, purpose and drive and vision and clarity and goals and achievement and getting things done. So I call it the, the masculine drive. It's the doer mentality. And the feminine shows up in our life in the moments of presence, in the stop and smell the roses concept, in the just deep breaths and presence with who you're with or where you are, noticing how good your food tastes, being with what is. It's very much more the beingness and the feminine flow, so flowing with life. Now, in order for us to feel balanced, we need both, and we need both to be at a balanced level. However, most of us, as you'll read in Feminine Warrior, have been trained and taught to suppress our feminine because it's been seen as it's been seen as just like silly, it, that it doesn't matter, that following your intuition or listening to the guidance from within or trusting your innate wisdom or knowing something without being able to fully explain or describe why, mm-hmm. that that just isn't real. It's not true. And so we've been taught to suppress the feminine, which also means we've suppressed our creativity. We've suppressed our ability to experience joy in a split second. Mm-hmm. We've suppressed our ability to, to achieve fulfillment even when we're achieving our goals. And that's because the majority of us are living embodied in our masculine energy more so than our feminine. Now, just a side note, it's not, just so you know, I even say it in the book, Feminine Warrior is not like um, even a masculine energy or a male bashing type book. It is not like that at all. It (laughs) It is for all beings to come home to the balance of both energies. Right. And I got that from, I think you, you stated that very early on in the book. So that was clear. I recall (laughs) seeing that. So in the book, you also share this really great story about a couple who have a business and the, and the wife, I believe, is it a wife Mm -hmm. um, who uh, is working in the background, driving a lot of the big decisions that are taking place in the business. Can you tell us more about that? I would love to. So this is a client that I worked with for, um, I think we worked together for about nine months and we've become very close friends since then. And I learned quite intimately through our coaching work together about her business with her husband. And they started the business from they from the ground up together. And her role is to feel into a decision. Mm-hmm. So her husband will come to her with whatever the strategy is, whatever the decision on the table is, whether they're going to hire someone, if they need to let some people go, et cetera. And he will come to her with the kind of, at the beginning it was the idea of like, do, do your like woo stuff and tell me what I should do. And, and which was fine. And she was completely okay with that. Yeah, I'll do those things that I just somehow know how to do. That's just innately in me. And I'll tell you whether or not I think this is a good idea, not based on thoughts or facts based on feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, over the years, it became the fact that he would not make a decision without consulting her. And she was in a position of coming into realizing that even though she didn't have a, in air quotations, title in the company, even though she didn't necessarily play a role at a desk from nine to five to fulfill roles within that company, she was an integral part of it. And that was her journey, her sole expression of coming into her wisdom and her truth. And Luckily, they have done a lot of work in their relationship where he could also truly honor this gift about her. And now it's just the most beautiful relationship between the two of them. And he is very happy being in his masculine drive and she's very happy being in her feminine flow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just such a cool story. I love it. Um, 
You've said that you want to empower women through the lens of releasing external societal pressures and balancing their feminine and masculine energy centers. How does this happen? Yeah. Great question. Yeah. Um, The number one thing, but I mean, it's multiple layers, but the number one thing is to begin to acknowledge what external pressure are you facing? Mm -hmm. And that can be from the community that you grew up in, the church that you're a part of, your family members, your social network, the, what you're choosing to do for a career, um, your race, your gender, all of these aspects are some form of external pressures or external expectations that have been placed on you since you were a little, little girl. Mm -hmm. These aren't necessarily always wrong. It's just that we need to identify how we are making decisions without really thinking about it. We -hmm. just have these belief systems. We just have these patterns that we play out and they're actually based on someone else's view of success or someone else's view of happiness or someone else's view of what it means to be a beautiful woman who is confident in her body. Mm -hmm. And the key thing to release that pressure is to identify what external conditioning or external pressures are you existing within right now. Mm-hmm. So within Feminine Warrior, in the first few chapters, we talk about subtle self-sabotage. And this is the idea of what are the external pressures that are laying upon your shoulders and causing you to live your life in a specific way, usually to create an outcome that maybe your parents wanted for you, or maybe you think is best because that's what your kids will appreciate the most down the road. Or maybe that's the only way you know how to make money. So you keep forcing yourself to live that way or live out that pattern. Right. But does it make you happy? Right. And it feels really important for me to share this with you right now, um, Christina, where, where this idea of woman empowerment and, and happiness and fulfillment and joy all comes from is, is yes, because I desire to feel that. And I believe that others are, that we can, that it's our birthright. Mm -hmm. But the reason that this is so passionate in every cell of my being is because when I was 19, I witnessed my mom pass away to cancer. Mm-hmm. And my parents, she was in her mid-50s. My parents were right around the brink of retirement. They were about to be retired together. They had worked their whole adult lives, raising their children, earning lots of money, putting money away for the future. Mm-hmm. And within 13 months, gone. It really it really made me realize that I matured very quickly. At, I mean, I was still a young 19-year-old, but I matured quickly in some ways of what's the point if you don't feel joy, that's the point. If you're not pausing to actually appreciate the life you're creating for yourself. And like, what's the point in getting a new car if it doesn't actually make you happy? Yeah. And I think that's, um, even coming back to your question before, I think that's the biggest part about the external pressure is it's like all of us have been, we're being drugged along this journey by society with a carrot in front of us saying that your happiness, your joy, your financial freedom, your bliss, it's all right here. Keep running, keep running, keep running, keep running. You'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah. But what I've learned from all my studies is there's no there Mm -hmm. there's here and that's it. That's all we have is right here, right now. So when you balance your masculine and feminine, it's not about not working. And I think a lot of women shy away from their feminine energy because they think they're just going to be sitting around meditating and cooking all day and getting nothing done. And that's, (laughs) if you desire to, great. However, it's about finding your balance and what truly Mm -hmm. lights you up and then pursuing that. Right. Right. I love that. Me too. (laughs) 
So because this podcast is about movement, I would like to know from your perspective, how you think the masculine and feminine energies manifest themselves in our movement? Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful question. Um, so the masculine energy is actually more a sense of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So masculine energy is more present in stillness, mm-hmm. meaning like in meditation or um, even sometimes just in like some individuals, my husband is in this category, can sit and watch TV for hours and completely zone out and not feel that it's just completely normal. There's there's nothing aching within them to move or to do or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. They can either be fully on, get the work done or fully off, zoned out somewhere else. Right. Feminine energy in our body is dance and flow and movement. It's mm-hmm. dancing around the kitchen while you're baking and cleaning this. And then also talking to a friend on the phone and considering what you're going to do for Christmas holidays. Yeah. It's the, the multifaceted, multi-layered um, desire for beauty and connection and, and bliss. And so it is very much dynamic, constant movement. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to movement in our body, I see the masculine a bit more like a really hardcore yoga class where you're really focused on like a strong hatha. You're holding your poses for a long time. You're really getting into the mind of it and like, I am a warrior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I see the feminine as yeah. much more of a fluid flowing dance class, maybe okay. with um, some gentle music and allowing yourself to just flow through the, en- the energy flows through your body mm-hmm. as you move to the music and you're just in the presence of, oh, it feels so nice to move my hands over my head. And it's just pure. Both of them can be pure bliss. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's wonderful to be able to experience them both, right? Because as you've said, this isn't about, you know, denying the masculine energy because really, you know, you want that balance. You want to be able to do both of them. Yes. That sounds great. I love that. Yeah. I, I really like that reflection. It is, there is no denying the masculine. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to say, cause this has come up with my clients that I work with, cause we do this work quite deep, you know, just the two of mm-hmm. us together. Um, sometimes there's some fear that if, if a woman steps further into her feminine, that she'll lose her drive, that she'll lose her ability to get things done because she's used to achieving a hundred things in a day. And while she's exhausted and burnt out, she doesn't want to lose that ability. And one thing to note is just because you embody more into the feminine, you don't lose your masculine. What happens is the actions you take have a greater impact on whatever, whatever the action is or whatever it is that you're looking for the impact mm-hmm. on. So for example, you may end up doing less work, like you might get less done. However, what you get done is going to have a greater impact on the whole landscape of your life. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just more impactful. It's more, it's, it's a lot. Con- it's concentrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yes. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So let's get into um, intuition. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I pull, I'm pulling a quote from your book. Oh my God. <laughs> or, no, so oh no, I don't think it's from your book. I think it's from um, Instagram. Sorry. That's okay. So, intuition it. is the most sacred language of our soul, sharing wisdom, guidance, and always supporting us to our highest evolution and the greatest good for all. Yes. I love that. I love that because it's not just about our own selves. It's not just about benefiting us or our family, but benefiting everyone. So what does intuition look like for people who are disconnected and don't 
know how to tap in. Mm, your questions are incredible. I love this. Um, so intuition, intuition, you would know primarily as that, that gut feeling or that, that weird inkling or knowing that something is off or something is supposed to happen, or you're supposed to call that person, or you're supposed to tell them not to go to that place. It's just that that sensation within you that you just know. And I, I do find that a lot of us, even if we've suppressed our feminine, we still feel these things. It's just that we're really good at tuning it out. So we might feel the sensation of, I should turn left instead of going straight, but we just go straight because it doesn't make sense to go left because where we're headed is straight. And right. then we run into traffic. Right. And so there's <laughs> these, these little inklings that you get all throughout the day. Your intuition is speaking to you in every single moment. It never stops. It is constantly, constantly there. Mm -hmm. And when you want to start tapping into that intuition, it's really about creating more space for quiet and questions. So when you have more quiet, you're able to hear the inner workings of your intuition because Mm -hmm. your ego is what you're used to hearing in your head. That's the constant all the time. Mm -hmm. And she's loud. Your intuition is more of a whisper. It's a whisper from the soul. It's the whisper of the wisdom. When you become more quiet, you can tune into the whisper. You can start to hear what that whisper means or feel what that whisper means. And when you ask yourself questions, questions like, what do I desire to eat right now? What do I want to do when I get home from work? If I could choose any of these three things that I have to accomplish on my to-do list, which one would feel the best? And you create these questions, so simple, like simple, simple questions, and then you pause and wait for an answer to arise. Don't ask your ego in your mind because it's going to shout at you, you should be doing this. You're supposed to be trying to lose weight. You're supposed to be getting this done. (laughs) That's not how your soul talks to you. Your soul talks to you from this beautiful, wholesome, all all well-being experience of Mm -hmm. What is for the greatest good for the wholeness of who you are, your body, your emotions, your, your mental well-being, your spiritual well-being. It's, it truly is. The, it's the whispers of your soul. And it's so important to me. And that's why I, I, I teach a course on it because it is imperative to me that if women are going to rise in their strength, their leadership, their impact, their influence, which is what I envision the future being, they have to learn how to honor their inner wisdom and honor those whispers of the soul. Right. Right. So I had a question. So you know how when, when you do movement, right? And then you stop moving. And then there's this, this really big sense of quiet in the aftermath. Do you feel like movement and that, that quietness, do you feel like that can help us tune in to our intuition? 100%. Yeah. I have found that when I come into a meditation, which really is coming into conversation or connection with your soul essence, Mm -hmm. um, it's, I can get the deepest after I've just done a really juicy, deep yoga practice or crazy dance party or like a hard workout, something Mm -hmm. to really move my body. Mm -hmm. And that allows me to come into the stillness more openly. It allows me to release my thoughts more freely. Right. And from the beginning of our conversation, when we talked about how all beings have feminine and masculine energy, it's also important to know that all being, we are just energy. Mm -hmm. We are just a makeup of energy molecules. And when you look into quantum physics, you can see the science behind it, that we are just Mm -hmm. molecules of energy. Mm -hmm. Energy needs to move. So when we have 
emotions, uh, when we have thoughts that are kind of like just sticking around in our head, when we're stuck on an idea, this is energy that needs to move through our body. And that's why movement is absolutely critical for you to be able to feel good in your life. You mm-hmm. have to be moving your body, not so that you can fit into some tighter jeans, not because that then you can bur- burn off the food you ate. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. It is literally about allowing the emotions, the thoughts, the patterns, the beliefs, all of that type of energy to move through your system so that you can be cleansed and come to neutral ground. Right. And you you answered my last question. So I'm going to just insert my question here <laughs> now that you've answered it. <laughs> so I, I am running a campaign called Move, the Move Better, Feel Better campaign. And profits from the sales of my Move Better, Feel Better tank top are going to the Women's College Hospital Foundation here in Toronto and to Beautiful. Black Women in Motion. And so Beautiful. my question was going to be to you, what does move better, feel better mean to you? <laughs> so you just answered the question. Mm. So if anyone needs to rewind and just <laughs> <laughs> to get that answer, um, I just feel like, you know, absolutely movement is so essential to us feeling better. And it's, yeah. um, it's, it's a staple. I think it's important that we change the way we look at movement as well, which I have a a strong hint that that's really what you're doing in this world Mm -hmm. is helping reframe the way we look at it. Movement doesn't mean that you have to um, go to the most expensive gym with the nicest workout clothes and make sure that you're taking all the the protein shakes and the pre-workout and like, it doesn't have to be anything that's regimented. I was just telling Christina before we got together, when we first came on the call together, that I just spent about 45 minutes dancing in my living room and literally my cat's staring at me like, are you crazy? And my dog's bouncing around with me so excited about it. And just before I started just letting myself move, I had felt this energy of, oh, I should probably get some more done today. And as soon as I felt that, I knew that that was my masculine drive popping in at the wrong time because I wasn't inspired to do my work. I wasn't excited about sending out emails or prepping that Facebook post, all the things that I need to do. And so when I'm not in that feminine flow with it, the masculine drive is going to feel more like, like pushing. So Mm -hmm. instead I danced in front of the fire for 45 minutes to the point where I was like dripping sweat, (laughs) which was incredible (laughs) and so fun. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. And we're going to get into that more about your, um, about your dancing and your exercise classes because they're amazing. But before we get there, I want to talk about energy healing. And because we talked about how we are made of energy. So this is new to me, not really new to me, but talking about it is new. So I want you to tell me more about energy and more about energy healing and what it all means. Absolutely. So, um, okay. So coming back to the fact that we are all energy and we are energetic molecules, Mm -hmm. what that means is that we're, our, our energy or our our physical body is in dynamic movement because energy isn't stagnant. Energy is constantly moving, which means that, uh, you know, the makeup of it makes us look the same, but in every moment we are recreating our body. We are shifting and changing who we are, what we are, what our thoughts are, what our beliefs are, what our physical makeup is. Mm -hmm. When it comes to energy healing, energy healing is about utilizing the energy of universal consciousness, what created life, what created all that we know to be now, 
to allow the energy to flow through us and bring balance and harmony to our energy molecules in our physical body and in our emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies. So this can feel very esoteric for some people. And if this is not your jam, that's okay. No pressure for you to, you know, receive all of this right now. Just know like you, you've probably seen this on Facebook or maybe your kids have done this in a project where you take, there's a few different ones, but you can take two apples, like two halves of an apple and one you speak kind loving words to, and one you say hateful words to. And over time, they actually start to rot or decompose differently based on what you were saying to them. This is an example of how our energy of our thoughts, our beliefs, who we are, the actions we take, who we spend our time with impacts the energy molecules in our body. So if you're spending time on a regular basis in an environment that makes you feel choked, like you can't speak your truth, you can't be who you really are, you feel stifled, over time, that's going to show up in different ways in your body. It might be through really intense weight gain. It might be through um, losing a lot of weight and feeling like you don't have any strength in your body. Mm -hmm. It might be through sensations of apathy or depression. They show up in different ways. Energy healing is about allowing your natural balance, your natural homeostasis that your body is designed for to come into balance, to become your normal. So it's really just a very gentle, nourishing way to bring harmony and balance to your life. I love it. I got to the point where you were talking about your aunt and the Reiki that she was doing. So is that the section? That's a part of it. That's part of it. Okay. So maybe I'm right there. (laughs) And and for those who haven't, haven't read the book, um, Mm -hmm. when I was quite young, my aunt would always give me these in air quotations, energy massages where she wouldn't touch my body, but she would be moving energy along my body through her Reiki practice. Mm -hmm. And it made sense to me as a kid. I didn't, I didn't know how to question it, but she was the only person in my life who ever talked about it. So when I was with my aunt, it was perfectly normal with everybody else. They thought she was crazy. I now am gearing up to do my Reiki master's training. I've been trained in my level two for quite some time now and offer distance healings around the globe where it blows my mind, Christina. It blows my mind because... <laughs> The individuals that I'm working with, we are not on a call at the same time. They're literally just in their home or wherever in a meditation. I'm doing the the Reiki energy thing. They can feel the sensation of warmth in different parts of their body. And when I share with them where I worked on their body, it it completely lines up. It's incredible. Wow. That is amazing. I love that. How? How? And that's what, when I stopped (laughs) trying to figure it all out, it started to make more sense. Okay. (laughs) I know. And for someone like me, you know, I, I always like to know the hows and the whys and all all the things. And so do you think that's something to do with masculine and feminine energy? Like this desire to understand things to, you know, to a really deep level. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, even more than that. I think it's more societal conditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with wanting to know more. I think that's a beautiful trait and it's not mm-hmm. something that you need to mm-hmm. you know, put away in any, in any means. Um, but we have been taught in our society that if you can't tangibly touch it or like taste it or smell it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. And energy work Mm-hmm. it's, I mean, like I, I shared, some of my clients can feel the warmth and sensation, but yeah. you could easily chalk that up to, oh, well, you know, they, they were just pretending or they just, they just made that up. 
well, you can't exactly. you can't prove it the same way you could prove things in science. However, if someone feels better, if something in their life aligns more more fluidly, yeah. I don't care about the science. I want that. I want that to happen for that person. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we all deserve that, right? Yeah. Um, but one thing I'd recommend is um, looking into quantum physics and reading yes. some, some books around quantum physics. There's um, quite a few different doctors that I've read before. It's always over my head because I don't have a science mind, but it's there to back up my theories that I can just feel in my body. So um, if you want afterwards, I can share a few books with you. Yeah. And then I will link them um, in the show notes as well for anyone who's interested. So when I was reading the book, I got into the whole section about kind of body image. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was such an important part of the book. I'm going to pull another quote from there. I feel so special. (laughs) So we hold the belief that that women in our natural and purest form are either too powerful or too hideous. When it mm-hmm. comes to our bodies, we allow all our power to live in the hands and the choices of the opposite sex. Mm. Oh, what mm. a gut punch. Yeah, <laughs> a, a huge gut punch. And it, it's so for those of you who haven't read, before that quote I talk about, and I actually pull some um, numbers from what I found online for my research, of how most top ad execs are, you know, male CEOs, male CFOs, male management. And so when it comes down to the ads we're seeing for makeup, for hair removal, for um, cellulite removal, for all of this crap that we don't need, it's being signed off by or created by men. Mm -hmm. And that just like, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, don't you dare tell me how I'm supposed to look in my own body especially when I have done my own peer research and the men that I surround myself with, at least they would much rather a woman just be confident. They don't Mm -hmm. care what you look like. Just, just enjoy life and be who you are and show your personality and eat whatever you want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like we, as women, and we spend a lot of times, a lot of time uh, editing ourselves in our appearance, how we dress, and ultimately how we move, you know, to suppress or express ourselves. And a lot of it's based on our sense of safety as well. Yes. Yes. Do you have anything more to say about that whole idea? Yeah, I do. I have a lot more. (laughs) Give it to me. (laughs) One thing that I want to point out, and this is kind of, it's almost like a a duality or dual aspect of it. is that in order for a woman to feel confident in her body, she, she doesn't have to wear makeup, but she also doesn't have to not wear makeup. Like it's, it's actually about, it's not about going from one extreme to another mm-hmm. of um, like, I shave my legs and my armpits. However, I know that I don't have to, I That's choose right. to. That is society, societally influenced. Absolutely. But I don't make myself feel guilty about choosing to do something because it's coming from within me as something I desire. The, the key thing is to note, what external pressures are you facing and feeling and what choice would make you feel really good regardless okay. of who else is around you? Right. And there's so, many, there's so many things flowing through my head. I'm just going to ground it down for a second. Hmm. 
it is so important to me that as women, we start getting this concept that it's not up to anybody else to dictate our value or worth based on our appearance, based on our intelligence, based on our uh, income levels. Mm -hmm. And when we start getting this, we are teaching the future generations what it means for a woman to not have to rely on anyone else. And we don't have to rely on anyone else. We just perpetuate patterns where we believe that we need to. Therefore, we live in a reality where at times we need to. Mm-hmm. But that can be changed because beliefs and thoughts are simply energy and energy can change. So That's if you right. have the desire to feel safe in your body, to feel comfortable moving your body, mm-hmm. to wear what you want, to eat what you want, to put yourself out there, it comes from your thoughts and your beliefs from within. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's different layers of perhaps healing aspects of trauma from the past. And we talk about that in the book. And there's layers of building up that confidence from deep within. And that doesn't always come overnight. But when you dedicate to this type of inner work, your inner light begins to shine. And you start living a reality that reflects that light back to you. You have conversations that reflect it. You're surrounded by people that reflect it. The mirror reflects it. It's incredible when you start coming into your own empowerment with your body. Yeah. Hmm. So good. (laughs) And one one more thing about that. Coming back to the quote. (laughs) In the quote, I had shared... um, that women are either too powerful or too hideous. Mm-hmm. The too powerful aspect. Um, I don't know why I think this, but I often think back in the day, you know, centuries ago, when witches were burned at the stake. Right. And when I think about the type of conversation we're having here right now about how energy healing, you don't touch a person and overseas, someone can feel the sensation of, of my hands on their body, that would be deemed witchcraft. Right. It doesn't make sense. It's not logical. You can't, it's not tangible. And that's what I mean by women being too powerful. Even the idea that in most households, it's really the woman who is holding the energy of the household. And when she's not good, ain't nobody good. And that's a part of our power is we have the ability to to hold the space. I call it um, embodying into our matriarchal energy, the matriarchal archetype. Because we are holding the energetic frequency of our entire household, family, community, or global sphere, however you want to look at it. And that is powerful. Mm-hmm. And that comes with deep soulful responsibility. Yeah. And I think it's time for us to start waking up more to that instead of shying away and, and, and allowing ourselves to be a, air quotation, weaker sex in some right. eyes. Yeah. I mean, listen, we, right before we started recording, I had shared with Deanna that I had taken a day off or, you know, 22 hours off from my family. (laughs) I went to a hotel and I rested my body and I just did things that I wanted to do. I didn't think about trying to manage everybody's emotions and all of that fun stuff that comes with being like the primary caregiver of your family. And, you know, when I came back, the energy in our home was completely different, completely shifted and changed. And my my daughter says to me, mommy, you're different. I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm really like when I am not drained and, you know, 
sapped of all of my energy and all of all of the things. So yeah, how I'm doing is um, directly impacts how my family is doing. Absolutely. Directly. Directly. Absolutely. And so even in that instance, you can obviously see the tangible impacts and effects Mm -hmm. of you caring for you Mm -hmm. and not just self-care in terms of, well, the kids are in bed, so I'm going to have a bubble bath and a glass of wine. Maybe that's nice once in a while, but what about your inner work? What about what about your physical work? What about taking you out of the environment so you can come back refreshed? Yeah. We're willing to do it with so many other things. We take vacation from holiday. We, yeah. we step away from the projects we're working on. But when it comes to, when it comes to family, mm-hmm. it's been shoved down our throats that as a woman, you need to be selfless. And to be selfless yeah. means you give everything for yeah. everyone. Yeah. But when that happens, as you mentioned, you're drained, you're sapped, you've got nothing left. Mm -hmm. And that's the energy that is then held within the family. And in it, to be honest, that's not fair. It's not Mm -hmm. fair to you. It's not fair to them. It's not, it's not the way that we're actually designed to be. No, no. No. And you know, I'm a mover. I move my body and I have been moving steadily since COVID started happening. I've been moving even more, more so than any, any other time in my life, because it's been my lifeline, but no amount of moving. (laughs) It was going to have the same impact as pulling myself out of the situation. Yeah. So it's been really incredible. I'm proud of you. Oh, thanks. (laughs) It takes a a lot. It's going up against a lot of conditioning and a lot of um, worries and fears and beliefs Mm -hmm. and doubts and you did it and and yeah, yeah, good job. Yeah. Well, and then I come home and my husband said, you know, you need to do that more often. He's literally speaking exactly what you need to hear. I hope you yeah. really let yourself hear that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I did. It's been bouncing around in my head. I'm like, really? He just said that. But I think, you know, he, he just realized that, you know, it's, it's just been a lot. It's been a lot for me to, to handle. So mm, I'm glad so, you have that support. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> so I want to talk about another part of the book where you, um, it was a vulnerable story for you to share about how you were walking through oh, what part golf course. This? Yeah. It was at the golf course or oh. no, no. It's through Chinatown. Oh yes. And yes. After, after Calgary. Yes. So after having been at the conference mm-hmm. um, with Rachel Hollis and Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins, and, and you were just feeling uplifted and you were feeling free and, and then things shifted for you. Mm -hmm. Tell Mm -hmm. tell us more about that. Yeah. Yeah, It's so fun having this conversation, having you read through the book and really pulling those pieces out. Um, Mm -hmm. So I had taken myself to Calgary because I, I'm a public speaker and I wanted to become a better public speaker. So I thought, well, might as well go to a conference with, you know, the names like Tony Robbins and Rachel Hollis. And there were quite a few other speakers. And my purpose solely was to take notes and try to embody and emulate aspects of their speaking. So I did. And it was amazing. And you can't go to a personal development conference and not leave feeling rah, 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 or at least yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so I left and I took myself out for this beautiful dinner. I sat on the patio in the sun. I had a delicious beer and I ate this delicious dinner and I just felt so good. Feeling like feeling really feeling myself. Mm -hmm. And I was 
think I was wearing maybe like jeans and a shirt and a sweater or something, nothing, nothing crazy, but I felt good. Like I knew I looked good. Yeah. And, um, I decided I was staying at an Airbnb in uh, Chinatown, but I had been eating quite far into town. So I had to walk quite a few blocks. I couldn't figure out the bus system there. So I was just, I'll just walk. It's fine. So I was walking in my happy little state doing my thing. And then I started to notice there was just sort of less people around. And it was because kind of the sun had been setting because I stayed at the restaurant until the sun went down. So the, it was getting a little bit darker. It wasn't dark yet. Um, and I just, the, the energy around me just started to shift as I walked. And then I noticed this large group of guys in front of me. I don't even remember what age they were. It didn't, I didn't register it at the time. But I noticed this group, there's probably six or seven of them. And I immediately felt this sensation in, in me of, I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. Immediately knowing that I felt kind of like sexy and feeling myself, which meant I was giving out an energetic vibration that maybe what they would take as an invitation. And I crossed the street to not have to walk past them, continued to walk quite quickly along the street and then crossed back to get to my Airbnb. And in that moment, I realized I'm a grown ass woman. I'm married. And I still feel that simply because I'm a woman, I'm unsafe. And simply because I have a woman's body, I am, I'm a target for sexual attack. Mm -hmm. And I haven't, I haven't been sexually attacked in a public space before. I don't have my own story of this that I am pulling from. This is just innately in me as a woman to believe that Mm -hmm. I need to be, I always need one eye open to make sure that I am safe simply because I am smaller, I am weaker, and I'm sexy. And that pisses me off. Yeah. (laughs) Understandably. Well, and so I feel also that this whole concept of you know, ideas around acceptable movement, what is acceptable and what is not acceptable in people's minds. Mm -hmm. In this particular situation, you know, you were literally just shifting your, your, your space. You were moving from one spot to another to avoid. And then I'm sure obviously your actual movements changed as well. You were walking freely and feeling yourself and I'm sure your movement changed. The, the yep. quality more stiffer and quicker and, and just, exactly. just get there, just get there, just get there. Exactly. So, but then that moves into the whole concept of even how someone dances or how someone exercises and how they express themselves in that way. Mm-hmm. I know that I am not a fully free dancer. And I know that in the back of my mind, if I would let myself go, it would, it would I would have a completely different dance experience. Mm-hmm. How does that impact our energy? Yeah. 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 Great. Again, great question. <clears throat> so feminine energy is cyclical. It's, mm-hmm. it's more spirals. Mm-hmm. And so, um, a lot of feminine type movement is more like, in a sense, like belly dance where you're, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're moving in a cyclical rhythm with your chest, with your hips, with your mm-hmm. arms, with your wrists. It's very much that feminine aspect. And a lot of dance in the way that we, especially, especially in North America, a lot of ways that we've been taught to dance are, are just sort of like linear, kind of like up and down side to side. And it's very structured. <laughs> yeah. And, right. I mean, you, you see it all the time, either that, or you get you know, 
know, you're in your twenties and you get wasted and you go out and you don't yeah. even know what you're doing. That's, that's when we feel yeah. the most liberated or free at times, Yeah. but it's because it's from the alcohol. Yes. Yeah. So how do you bring in that sense of liberation in your mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. in the present moment? And that it comes from doing movements in your body that feel expansive. Mm-hmm. So I've been teaching a form of fitness called belly fit and it's inspired by dance all around the world. It's a really incredible type of movement and it's, it's based on a woman's body. It's designed for a woman. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, we, you know, we shake our hips side to side. So you get some jiggle in the booty, which feels incredible, mm-hmm. but you're embarrassed about at the beginning. <laughs> and we'll circle through the hips and we'll circle through the chest, which at first you feel so stiff and like you can't even move. And then in time, it becomes fluid. And what happens when we're doing these types of movements, we're shaking up all of the stagnant energy along our spine, in our mm-hmm. fascial tissue, in, our, in all of our muscles and our ligaments. We're, we're breaking it all up mm-hmm. and allowing the prana or the energy to flow through our body. And that's what gives us a sense of vitality. That's what makes us feel good. That's right. what allows us to feel youthful and energized mm-hmm. and excited mm-hmm. and flexible. And it comes from consistency. It comes from continuously allowing yourself to play. So one of my favorite, one of my favorite tools to give to new clients uh, is to dance in their living room in their underwear. Nice. <laughs> because oftentimes it brings up a lot of like, that, what, I, no, I, I don't know why that's important. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> But it yeah. gives you that sense of liberation. It right. gives you that sense of, but it doesn't matter if I'm jiggling. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if I don't have rhythm. It doesn't matter if I'm sweaty. I'm right. just letting myself be an experience. Right. And these classes are called Shimmy, Sweat, and Shine. Is that right? Yeah. So, so um, yes, <laughs> I've created my own version. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, um, I don't have the link right now, but for all of your listeners, I have a special gift for everybody so they can give it a taste. Okay. I'll share those with you after you can put it in the show notes. Okay. Um, Shimmy, Sweat, and Shine is my own unique version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, a 90 minute workout where 30 minutes are belly fit, which is what I just described. Mm-hmm. And then 30 minutes are bar. So it's a lot of really functional core movements, balancing, strengthening through the, the muscles in your whole body. And then 30 minutes of yoga, including a Shavasana at the end. It's so divine. Yes. Well, I watched one today and I was like, "This, I need this in my life. This is definitely yes, going to happen. <laughs> Amazing. Perfect. Okay. Then I will share, I'll share that link with you. Yeah. It's, What it is, is I just created something where it has um, four of my movement offerings Mm -hmm. and it's it's all complimentary free just for Mm -hmm. people to get into the feminine flow in their body. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. to share that with you. Oh, it's so good. So how did this happen? What came first? Was it the yoga that came first and then you transitioned into the belly Belly dancing, belly fit? Mm. Um, yoga came first. What happened was I was living in New Zealand, which you will have, or will read about in the book. And I became very, very ill and unwell through my thoughts and my physical body. Mm-hmm. But while I was there, um, my stepmom had sent me a yoga DVD and it was like, burn, sweat, yoga, something like that, where it was really like hardcore. And the teacher was just like, come on, hold that plank, do your push-ups." And I was like, this is the best yoga ever. Because I always thought yoga was too slow, too stagnant because I lived in my masculine energy. I grew right. up in my masculine energy. That's how I knew how to survive. 
So I got into yoga that way. Then I went through this, this deep, dark depression where my body, I was so frail. I was so unwell. It was not pleasant. And from there, I came into exploring holistic health. And through holistic health, I found my way closer and closer into yoga. I had that gateway of doing the intense yoga in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And then I started finding the healing of yoga. Right. And then from there, I realized that I, I used to love dancing as a kid. I love, I would perform for my family all the time just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And from there, I found my way into dance, into belly fit, into bar, into all aspects of what I teach, intuitive okay. dance, ecstatic dance, everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Yoga Anyways. was my gateway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if people want to find you, where would they find you? Oh, that's so fun. I would love for you to come find me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I spend a lot of time in Facebook, in my Facebook group called Empowered Woman Collective. It's just a really beautiful community of women, super unapologetic there's no focal point other than we all accept each other. You get to be exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, You get to ask questions. You get to share with others. You get to celebrate. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I bring lots of my, um, my friends and mentors and coaches that I'm working with into the space to offer different trainings and teachings. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. So empowered woman collective on Facebook. Okay. You can also add me on Facebook, Deanna Deacon. I love new friends, but you're only allowed to add me if you send me a message and say hi, because otherwise I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you can also, you can also see my website at deannadeacon.com. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I loved it and I can't wait to continue reading your book. I'm so happy that you're enjoying it. I'm so happy you've taken the time to read it. It's, it feels incredible as, as the author of it, mm-hmm. just to be here and have this conversation with you and know what it is that you're receiving and, and how, how it's impacting you. Thank you for this really special opportunity. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening in to Matters of Movement, the podcast. I hope that you learned something new today. I am your host, Christina Whalen Chabot, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Matters of Movement. And if you want to buy a tank top or just check out my website, you can do that at mattersofmovement.ca. In order for our podcast to reach a bigger audience, you can show your support and love by subscribing to reviewing and rating this podcast. See you next time, where we will continue to explore all matters related to movement together.